Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. You can't say this past week hasn't been exciting. We have seen the winds of war. We have felt the winds of war. We have heard the sounds of war. We've heard the drums of war. Uh, We better not have a war. Uh, It's unfortunate that Donald Trump has us in this position. We could go to war. Uh, But before I get into this, because I'm going to start with Iran tonight, what else should I start with? It's right on the tip of everyone's tongue. It's at the front of everyone's mind. Who wants a war? It doesn't make sense. But anyhow, tonight we're going to be traveling all over the world. We're going to be in Washington, Iran, Saudi Arabia, New York City, the southwest border. We're going to be in China, Venezuela, the city of Riviera Beach, Florida, Key West, and Vietnam. Let me talk a moment about Iran. Uh, I believe Donald Trump must think that Iran, uh, they still ride camels, okay? Uh, And they're in the desert all the time living in tents. He does not understand that this is the pride of Persia going back hundreds of years, if not thousands of years, the Persian civilization. They are very well educated, their people. Their cities look industrial, are industrial. They're magnificent, their buildings and everything else. Uh, But he thinks they're apparently easy to dispose of, and he has no, uh, he's going to do it. If he has to do it, he's going to do it. I also believe that Trump doesn't see what's in front of his eyes. He does not see what he should see. What am I talking about? If we have a war with Iran, the war will not be in Iran alone. Oh, sure, we will attack Iran proper. Uh, But it's going to be in the United States, too. The next war cannot be avoided. And the reason it's going to be in the United States, there's something called Hezbollah, Hezbollah, Hezbollah is a terrorist group, one of the biggest terrorist groups in the United States. And who do you think their leaders are? Their leaders are the Iranian and Syrian uh, presidents, etc., premiers, ayatollahs, whatever you have. So Hezbollah, in effect, belongs to Iran. They are terrorists. Uh, They are bigger, better equipped better organized, potentially more dangerous than any other terrorist organization presently existing. And it's amazing how they operate. You have to understand this. They have cells in every country, cells. Now, I'm a little older than most people listening, I guess, but I remember the cells during the communist era following World War II. Uh, There were cells in the United States uh, in the late 1940s into the 1950s, McCarthy hearings and so forth, where people came here from communist Russia, from Soviet Russia, and they lived in the house next door. The husband and wife had children. The husband worked or operated a small business. But they were communist spies. And this all came out. They were communist spies. And that's how cells work. And the Iranians have cells all over the world. They have cells in New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, all the major cities. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't have a cell or two here in Key West. So, he doesn't understand. 
When the war begins, these people in these cells, hell, Hezbollah, are going to go out and start blowing things up in our communities. Do you understand me? They're going to create havoc in our communities. They're going to do what terrorists do in our communities, blow up bridges. They're going to go to races and throw bombs out so many people are injured and many people are killed. They won't care. They're going to cause havoc and destruction because we are going to be at war with Iran. Iran, who, who basically, I use this term in Israel, but owns and operates Hezbollah. And he doesn't realize this. He does not realize this. And I want to ask this question. Why? Why, why, why don't we talk more about Hezbollah? We don't hear about it in the media that often. We don't hear about it in television, read it in the newspapers. It isn't talked about that often. I know since Trump became president, it's hard to talk about anything but what Trump did today because every day he changes whatever he's doing, and that becomes number one on the hit parade as regards news. But whatever the reason, be aware there's an operation called Hezbollah. They are going to take us on because they are part of the Iranian government, and their job will be to do us in. I'm not saying we're going to lose. But what I'm telling you, my friends, a U.S.-Iranian war will be fought on our soil also. We will have more 9-11s. They won't fly planes into to big buildings, but we're going to have problems like that. Which now brings me to World War I. Uh, on June 28, 1914, the Archduke Franz Ferdinand of Austria and his wife Sophia uh, were in a parade, open-air car, and an assassin killed the both of them. They came up to the car, shot him, and ultimately they died. There was no war in Europe. This was no big deal. It was a big deal because, you know, an official of Austria had been killed. But there was no big deal. No one contemplated a war. But two days later, World War I had begun. 48 hours, World War I had begun, June 30th. And, and the reason was that... All of the European countries got involved in the war, except for Italy. And they were on one side or the other. So, you know, the Austrians, the Germans, the Kaiser, he had a lot of countries with him. And England and France, et cetera, they had companies on their side. Uh, uh, a lot of them were involved because they had agreements with other countries. Should you be attacked, I will come in and defend you. We've had, we have these agreements with certain countries. Uh and so the whole world, the whole European world is, was at war, and eventually four years later we got into the war. All right. It, uh, it just happened, just like that. No one expected it, even when Ferdinand died. They didn't expect it, and it came in 48 hours. What am I suggesting? Iran and the United States will be in a war so fast Okay, we will be in a war so fast. If Trump goes over there and drops a bomb or two or a missile or two, he does something he shouldn't do, they're going to come back, and before you know it, we're going to have a war. And Iran has friends, and we have friends. We can rest assured that Saudi Arabia and Israel will be on our side because they hate Iran and have been pushing us for years to join them in a war of annihilation as regards Iran. Uh, you can be sure that Russia and China 
will back Iran. You can be sure that other Middle East countries will back Iran. So we will have almost instantly, like World War I started, within 48 hours, we have the beginning of World War III. You heard me, the beginning of World War III, because this is exactly what's going to happen. They're going to hit us, we're going to hit them, or vice versa. Immediately, Israel, France, Israel and uh, Saudi Arabia come on our side. So Iran's friends are going to come on their side. In a matter of two or three days, the sides will have been drawn. People will be prepared and we'll be at war. And it could very well, such an instance, could be the very well be the beginning of World War III. I kid you not. History repeats itself, my friends. Saudi Arabia. Now, they're our friends. I mean, Donald Trump tells us they're our friends. Obama told, told us they were our friends. The Bushes, both Bushes told us they were our friends. Clinton told us they were our friends. But they've never really been our friends. Whenever I think of Saudi Arabia, I think of two things, which negate the representation that they are our friends. Uh, who gave us $4 a gallon gasoline? I mean, that bugged the hell out of me, and it had to bug the hell out of you. Saudi Arabia. They control OPEC. They control the oil market. Our friends gave us $4 a gallon gasoline. Who, who flew the planes on 9-11 into the towers, into the Twin Towers? It has been said. <coughs> Experts have reported. Historians have reported. Military people have reported that 16 of the perpetrators, I think there were a total of 20 or something, whatever the number is, most of them, were citizens of Saudi Arabia. And they got their asses out of the country right at those who survived right after this incident happened. This thing was all planned and many people believe they were involved because they're two faced. They're duplicit. You can't trust them. All right. But they are our friends. Uh look how they treated uh Trump when he went over there just after he was uh he took the oath of office. They treated him like a god. They had huge pictures of him on the buildings as he drove down in this massive parade. Uh, they gave him this big gold chain to wear around his neck. He danced with them. They gave him a sword, a gold sword. And he danced the dance of the men in Saudi Arabia. And they loved him. They loved him then. They loved him now. Okay? Now, if the United States loved Saudi Arabia that much. Something got screwed up in what I'm going to explain to you now. Because this past week, the United States added Saudi Arabia to the human trafficking blacklist. We have a human trafficking blacklist, and we put Saudi Arabia on it. We put our friend, we put Donald Trump's friend, Saudi Arabia, on the human trafficking blacklist. Just last Thursday this happened. Uh, can you imagine? They are taking people off our streets. They have some of our ladies, young girls from our streets. They go over to Saudi Arabia, and then they're sent out all over the world. They're sold to act as prostitutes, these girls. Young girls from countries all over the world are captured by Saudi Arabian agents, and they are trained to be prostitutes, whether they're cheap prostitutes or high-class escorts, and they're sent all over the world. And Saudi Arabia is one of the countries that makes the most money out of human trafficking 
our friends, Saudi Arabia. Nicholas Kristof, columnist for the New York Times, I think one of the finest columnists writing today. I enjoy reading his works. Uh, the guy's brilliant. That's all I can say. He's brilliant. He sees where others do not see. He explains in simple terms, and he makes his point. Uh, two days ago, in a column two days ago, he wrote the column uh, about malnutrition of children, the malnutrition of children in the world. Kids don't get enough to eat, just like they weren't getting enough to eat down on the border at that detention center that was empty today. Uh, he felt, he wrote the column about malnutrition nutrition of children because he believes it's a neglected topic. The world does not talk about it. And he said, and I quote, on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, you can spend $1,000 on an ice cream sundae. A Dubai shop sold a cupcake sheathed in gold leaf for just over $1,000. In America, 50%, 56% rather, of dogs are overweight. Meanwhile, almost one quarter of children worldwide, almost one quarter of children worldwide, are stunted from malnutrition in ways that will be with them forever, forever and ever, and it should not be. He said, malnutrition is a factor in 45% of the deaths of children under five worldwide. Can you imagine? Malnutrition is a factor in 45% of the deaths of children under five worldwide, yet gets less than 1% of foreign aid. Interesting. Less than 1% of foreign aid. And this is the point he wanted to make now in the closing lines. And much less than 1% of international headlines. We don't talk about enough. We talked about it here as part of what's happened to those 330 children in detention in Florida. Uh, but it's a problem. Kids don't have enough to eat. In fact, a lot of people in this world don't have enough to eat. Even in our country, a lot of the homeless don't have enough to eat. Uh, somewhere along the line, we have forgotten our people, and especially we've forgotten the children. Now, Trump announced that he was imposing yesterday. He signed an executive order imposing, and I quote, hard-hitting sanctions against Iran. I love the way he does these things. With such bravado, okay? Uh, he's the man. He's the king. Nobody's going to screw with him, and he's a bully. And if you don't do things, it's my way or the highway. And if you don't do it, I'm going to bring the wrath of the United States down on you which is equivalent, in his opinion, to bringing the wrath of God down upon you. Right. What he's doing now, he, he sanction, he's been sanctioning Iran. They, he's really hurt Iran with the sanctions. They're a tough people. They've held in there. Uh, they're, they're not stupid. They're smart. And they have found ways to get around the sanctions in many regards. They have found countries that will do business with them, Russia and China. Uh, they have banks that will do business with them, though they do it deceitfully. You don't know it's Iranian, the money's going to Iran and so forth. They're not stupid, these people. They're very intelligent. And now he's sanctioning the major leaders of Iran themselves. <clears throat> he, 
He's targeting them, just like the Ayatollah Ali Khamenei and his associates. He's sanctioning them. He's tying up their assets wherever they are in the world and saying, you can't do business with anybody. And if we find out, I find out you're doing business with any country or any bank, we're not. The United States will stop permitting that bank to do business with the United States or in the United States. Tough guy. And yesterday he also said, we saw him on TV, he says, if this does, in effect, doesn't shape Iran up, obliteration. Big word. Obliteration will occur. In other words, a war will erupt which will obliterate Iran. We're going to wipe them off the face of the earth. How to make friends and influence people, okay? Iran views these new United States sanctions, which are tough. These are the toughest, uh, as outrageous and idiotic. I quote, outrageous and idiotic. And they have also warned that the path to diplomacy is now permanently closed. We aren't going to talk to you. We're never going to bring Iran to their knees, just like we're ne- we would never be able to bring China to their knees. What Trump doesn't understand, there are certain groups, certain ethnic groups, certain religious groups. The Iranians are people of pride. They go back centuries. They go back centuries with the Persian, the Persian beliefs and everything else. <laughs> China's been around a long time. You can't screw around with the Chinese people. You've got to show them respect. You've got to, you've got to preserve their faces, I call it. And Trump isn't doing that with Iran, and he hasn't been doing it with the way he treats China. Now, let me tell you what's going to happen uh, with these sanctions. I mentioned it a little earlier. Iran's going to get sanctioned very badly. Who benefits again? Russia and China. They've already become tight friends because of what the United States has been doing to Iran. They're going to get even closer to Iran. And, uh, you know, it's amazing, isn't it? it? Everybody Trump goes out and screws or hurts or demeans eventually becomes the friend of China and Russia. I blame Putin for this. I think he organizes China himself. He's one of the most brilliant political figures, politicians, world leaders I have ever seen. Uh, he just, he, no matter what happens, he benefits. Also, Saudi Arabia and Israel will benefit. They will benefit because they've been pushing us for years, especially Trump, to join them in a war against Iran. Saudi Arabia wants Iran's oil. Israel wants to be the military power in the Mideast. They both need the United States in order to accomplish this. So they're going to be our friends, and we, they will be on our side if a war cruise here. And they've been on our side for a long time. What am I suggesting, as I spoke earlier to this, sides are being drawn. Before there is, a, before there is even a conflict, sides are being drawn. Trump says something today and changes his mind tomorrow and then again for a third time the next day and for a fourth time the day after, whether he's negotiating with another country. That country doesn't know what the hell to do with us because he makes a deal. He comes home and then says, oh, I changed my mind. We're going to do this. No one trusts us anymore. He has aggravated alienated our friends of 50 to 70 years, and they're not with us, okay? So what's one of the things he did a 
because he, he doesn't he doesn't say these things properly. He told us late late last week that on Sunday, one million illegal immigrants in this country, ICE was going to go out and arrest them and throw them out of the country. Huh. The next day, that one million became millions. I mean, we're talking like from Thursday to Friday or Friday to Saturday. The next day, it became millions. Saturday, it became 2,000. <laughs> ICE was going to go into 10 specific cities and grab these illegal immigrants. They were going to surprise them, knock on the door, you're under arrest. Well, it didn't happen. And what Trump did and what he said was, well, he, he said, uh, Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi called me up and said, you can't do that. Uh, you've got children involved here. They're going to be separated from their parents. Some of them are citizens. If you're born here, you're a citizen. You can't throw them out of the country. You're going to have everything all screwed up. So he says, I'll give you two weeks. <coughs> she, she said, we'll pass legislation to somehow cover this situation. We'll have some sort of an immigration package put together. So he went out on TV and he says, I'm holding it off for two weeks. I'm going to do what Nancy Pelosi asked me. I'm going to be, in effect, a good guy. I don't want to really throw these people out. I'm going to have to get rid of a lot of them, but I've got to be careful how I do it, and I'm willing to abide by whatever the rules are. Well, in reality, that wasn't the real reason, though. Nancy Pelosi did call him up. She didn't know either that somehow someone in government had leaked had leaked to the people of the United States where and who the illegal immigrants were that were going to be arrested. And a major newspaper was prepared to print that list the next day. Well, that would have screwed up ICE's job, obviously. Uh, the other problem was ICE turned to Trump and said, we can't do this on Sunday. Even 2,000 are too many. We're not prepared. We don't have the staff to do this, number one, even for 2,000. We don't have enough detention centers. We don't have this thing planned out. You've got to plan this. We don't have enough judges. There are not enough attorneys for these people. They're going to be required to have attorneys. We can't do it. We're not prepared, which shows you it's a good example of how Trump shoots from the hip, says he's going to do something, doesn't pay attention or talk with his staff, his experts, and they get themselves in trouble. So we're in the two-week adjournment. Well, today, today is negotiation, final negotiation day between the House and the Senate on a new immigration bill. When I started the show at 9, uh, the House was still working on their bill. The Senate has one. Both bills won't look alike. There are going to be differences. It's a $4.5 billion bill. It will, it will also, by the way, provide food for those kids in the detention center who weren't getting toothpaste or any of that kind of stuff. And then they're going to go into conference, and they've got to resolve this within two weeks. They've got to resolve it before July 4th because Congress goes on vacation for several weeks July 4th. So the pressure is on. It may very well be, even if the Senate and the House can agree on a package, and there's a question as to whether they can, that Trump will not agree because they're going to tie his hands how he can use the money. None of that money can be used for a wall. None of that money can be used for soldiering. None of that money can be used for this or that. It's got to be used for humanitarian purposes. And he may not like it, and he may veto it. So that's what's happening there. 
after we're done with the show tonight, run to the television set, turn it on, go to MSNBC or Fox, whatever you listen to, and listen to the news, and let's find out what the House did. <clears throat> now I want to talk about what's happening with the children, the 330 children on the southwest border that were in this detention center that was, in effect, a piece of garbage. 330 kids living in cages, okay, have no toothpaste, no soap, no clean clothes, no showers. They're eating the same foods every day, which are not nutritional. There's no one to really take care of them. Zero plus eight years. One-year-old, two-year-old, three-year-old children are being cared for by six, seven, and eight-year-old children because there's no one else to care for them. I'm going to tell you a very sad story I read today. There is, in, this, in this detention center, there was a two-year-old girl that cried and cried day and night unless someone was holding her. And the older girls, the eight- and ten-year-olds, were taking turns holding her day and night because otherwise she cried and screamed. See what we're doing to them? And the place is full of food. And lice going untreated, both of them. Obscene, un-American, disgusting. But Trump says, what do you want from me? He says, I don't have enough money. The Democrats won't give me enough money in the House to do the job properly. Well, he's full of crap, excuse the way I put it. Because you notice any time Trump needs money for something, he borrows from another account. He says, I'll put it, even though it's not right, he says, I'll put it back, don't worry about it. And he borrows money for his wall. He borrows money for this. He borrows money for that. There was nothing holding him back from borrowing money from an account to send, you know, billions of dollars, four and a half billion dollars is a drop in the bucket uh, with how our government spends money today. He could have borrowed that money from the other accounts, but he said no. He said, no, got to do this right. The House has got to allocate the money. Otherwise, they're responsible. Now, I'll tell you what else bothers me here. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Think of Puerto Rico. Think of Puerto Rico. And with what I'm going to say now, does he maltreat, does he deprive these children because they're Latino? They are children of color. You make your own judgment. Now, today... They moved 300 kids out of this. They had 330 children there. They moved 300 out of them to another place that was supposed to be better. <clears throat> um, there are only 30 left. The problem is later today, the border, police, ICE, they needed, they had more kids every day. You know, the families are coming in and they're separating the children from the family. They had 100 children. Didn't know what to do with them. So where did they put them? In the building, in the detention center, they just take, took 300 out because it wasn't taking care of the children properly. It wasn't set up to take care of the children properly. <clears throat> they also didn't have beds. These kids are sleeping on the floor, concrete floor, and they don't have blankets. All right? So I don't know what the hell's going on. He, he, he does good in the morning. He does bad in the afternoon. I want to talk about the border wall again. Recall. Trump says, I'm saying, we're going to have thousands. We're going to have an attack. Thousands. This is only, what, three months ago? Attack. The immigrants, the migrants, they're going to come over the southwest border. We have to be prepared. And he immediately sent down there, I think, 3,500 soldiers, U.S. Army soldiers. 
Then he increased that because they were going to be bad. It was going to be a bad situation. This is all in a matter of days. Now it was 5000 He sent more. Then he sent it to six to make it 7500 because, my God, it was going to be horrible when they came across the border. And now it's down to 6500 Well, they didn't come across the border. All right? And our soldiers are sitting there still sitting there. And what are they doing? Well, they laid barbed wire for a while. I don't recall anything in the training manual that says our soldiers are trained to lay barbed wire. And most recently, in the last couple of weeks, they're painting the wall. Our military are painting the wall. It's not a wall, it's a fence. But they've got nothing better to do, and they've been told by their superiors to paint the wall. As one of the soldiers painting the wall said, this is better than Afghanistan, and actually, he's correct. That's the show for tonight. Um, I hope you found it interesting. I love doing this show, and I know you people enjoy listening to it because the numbers keep going up. I say that every week. I I don't even apologize because they're doing it. You're telling your friends. Read my blog. I do a blog every day, keywestlude.com. You'll enjoy it. It'll take you maybe three minutes to read it, and you can find it at www.com. KeyWestLou.com. KeyWestLou.com. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to being with you again next week.